Good morning and welcome to Parkway Fellowship. So glad you're here today. Today we're in week two of our message series called Deeper. It's a series where we're talking about how to go deeper in our own personal relationship with God. And look, if you missed last week's message, last week we talked about some of the mechanics of what it takes to grow deeper. So if you missed it, please go watch it on our website or go find the podcast on iTunes and listen to it because the messages in this series they build on one another. So look, don't cheat yourself. If you miss any of the messages in this series, then go back and pick up what you missed because again, they build, okay? Um, a number of years ago, uh, my uh, daughter Libby was, learning to, was still an infant and she was learning to feed herself. And you know, bless her heart, she, honestly, she tried so hard. Um, and I remember this one time, <laughs> this one time, I was feeding her a jar of peas. And yeah, I mean, those are disgusting, right? That's just, that's sick. In fact, the only reason like little bitty kids will eat that stuff and think it tastes good is because they haven't had Bluebell ice cream yet, right? <laughs> and by the way, newsflash, Bluebell comes out tomorrow! Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I'm seriously, I mean, think about it, like... Cookies and cream, mint chocolate chip, Christmas cookie, and my personal favorite, Millennium Crunch. Oh, man. I'm telling you, it's like heaven and a half gallon, isn't it? I mean, that stuff is so good. All right, hold on. Back, all right, back to the story. Here we go. Focus. All right, here we go. Um, so I remember this one time I was feeding Libby. I was feeding her these peas. And, uh, you know, she was, she was at the beginning stages of learning how to feed herself. And I remember, and, and she reached out her hand like she wanted to do it. I was like, oh, like you go, girl. So I hand her the, the spoon, and she takes that spoon, and she dips it in that jar. I mean, she gets a big old honking spoonful of this stuff. And, she, and she's doing great. Like, she's not, like, slopping. It's like sliding off the spoon. I mean, she's holding the spoon level. I mean, she's doing great. You know, and the, truthfully, as her dad, like, I've always known she's talented, and I always thought she's great. And like now, I'm like, yeah, she's getting it. She's, yeah, she's gonna be good. So anyway, so she takes this and she opens her mouth big and wide, and she and she's going right for it, and then she missed. Yeah, like she totally missed her mouth. And so I, I thought it was so great. So I took a picture. Look where it landed. Check this out. Yeah, right in the eye. Yeah, right in the eye, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Now let, let me now let me ask you this. Let me ask you. <laughs> what if Libby decided? What if Libby decided right then and there? What if she said, "You know what? This self feeding thing, like this is not for me." I, I'm look. I mean, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot more time. Uh, you know, it, it's just so much easier if somebody else will you know do this for me. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm not really getting that much out of it anyway. And so I think this kind of thing is left for the more experienced eaters. I'm out. Like, how ridiculous would that be? I mean, because, look, we all know that to become a self-feeder, it happens over time. Like, you get better at it. But if she had just simply said opted out of it, I mean, how ridiculous would that be? Because that would mean you know, now that she's in junior high, that means I'd have to go up to her high school every day and like spoon feed her her little lunch, you know, like open wide, here comes the choo-choo, you know I mean? Like that's not going over well at junior high, I can tell you that right now. But here's the thing. How many adults 
how many adults still don't know how to feed themselves the spiritual truths that come from the Bible. And the irony is, is that we use so many of the same excuses. Like, oh, you know, it, it just takes so much effort. It, it, it just takes so much time. It's just, it's just so much easier if someone else will do all of that for me. And, you know, I think this is better left to the more experienced Bible readers. I'm out. But see, the reality is, is that God primarily reveals himself through the Bible. Okay, yeah, God does reveal himself, you know, through nature. He does reveal himself through what we learn at church. He does reveal himself through experiences. But look, God primarily reveals himself through the Bible. By far, the most prolific and reliable way to understand God is through the Bible. I mean, there's over a thousand pages that describe what he is like, who he is, how he reacts, how he guides us. Uh, it reveals more of his nature, what he prioritizes, how to have a relationship with him. I'm telling you, all of that happens through the Bible. See, in, in order for us to go deeper, look, at some point, all of us, I mean, seriously, all of us, we have to become self-feeders. And by that, I mean that we have to learn to be able to go to the Bible and read it and understand it and apply it to our lives and let God show us how to do all of that. And in the same way that every person has to learn to feed themselves physically, so all of us have to learn to feed ourselves spiritually. But also like learning how to eat, it takes time. And we have to practice it because none of us are really, really good at it the first time. So this morning, let's start by asking this question, how? How do I become a self-feeder when it comes to the Bible? Well, let me start with this. I need to understand that my goal is not just to read the Bible, but to meet God. My goal is not just to read the Bible, it's to meet God. Now look, here's the thing. There's lots of plans for where to read in the Bible. And we've discussed a lot of those in the past before. I'm not going to really discuss much of that today. In fact, if you want to know about some plans, um, a number of years ago, I did a series called Puzzled by the Bible. Go, you can go watch it on our website. You can go download it on iTunes, and I really highly recommend that you would. So go look at a series called Puzzled by the Bible. I talk about all kinds of plans to read the Bible, and it'll be immensely helpful. But the point of reading the Bible is not to gain more knowledge. Do you get that? Point, the whole point of reading the Bible is not to gain more knowledge. The point of reading the Bible is not to gain more wisdom. The point of reading the Bible is not to become more moral. Okay, now look, all of those are good, really good and beneficial byproducts of reading the Bible. But the point of reading the Bible is to meet alone with God. The point is to meet alone with God. So if you read the Bible and you don't actually meet with God, then all you've really done is meet with your Bible. 
Now look, now that, that, honestly, that's not altogether bad. But if you want to go deeper, then you have to meet alone with God. Look what this incredibly famous Bible verse says. It's in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says this. It says, for the word of God is living and active. I want you to circle living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Okay? Now, let me ask you this. What makes the Bible living and active? Uh, what, what makes it penetrate to your soul? What makes it able to judge the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart? Let me ask it this way. Who makes the Bible living and active? Who makes it penetrate to your soul? Who judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart? Yeah, it's God. God is the one that does all that. See, reading, look, reading your Bible, is, it's not just a one-way conversation, okay? See, God is also reaching out to you when you read the Bible. So, look, here's the thing. If you want to go deeper, when you finish reading your Bible, you ought to ask yourself, have I met alone with God or have I just met with my Bible? I mean, seriously, ask yourself, have I met alone with God or have I just met my Bible? Because if you've met alone with God, you will hear him talk to you through the Bible. You, you, you'll feel conviction over a course of action in your life. You know, God might show you a principle that he wants you to know about him or about living. God might give you direction on a key decision that you're trying to make or a, a course that you're considering. You know, um, but here's the thing. If you only meet alone with your Bible, then what will happen is you'll finish, you'll close it up, and you won't really be able to remember what you've read. You'll realize all you did was just call out the words. You see the difference? I mean, it's huge. Now, look, let me be clear. Um, God is probably not going to revolutionize your life every single time that you read the Bible. Okay, so, I mean, seriously, can you imagine what that would be like if every single day you sat down and read the Bible that God just completely revolutionized your life? I mean, none of us could really bear up under that long term. Like, that, that's not something we, would, we could even do. And so here's what happens. What God does is when you meet alone with him, when you read your Bible, he'll ch ask you to change just a little bit over here, and then a little bit over here, and then a little bit and then a little bit, and day by day, you just change. there's just little bits that he asks you to change. And then pretty soon, over time, you can look back, and you're like, my life has been revolutionized. Not in one fell swoop, but over time. And your life begins to more, begins more to look like him. And you'll realize that you've become deeper as a Christ follower. See, that's what it's about. I want you to look at this next verse. This is a, it's an incredible verse. It's um, something that Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane, literally just hours before he's captured and then crucified. Look what he says. John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, 
and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. See, look, what Jesus is saying is that our Heavenly Father, He wants to have a relationship with you. So look, don't just spend time reading your Bible. Do more than that. Seek to spend time with God when you read your Bible. See, that's when you go deeper as a Christ follower. Okay? Second big takeaway for the morning. Second big takeaway is this, is that I must refit my life to fit the Bible, not the other way around. I must refit my life to fit the Bible, not the other way around, okay? So after you realize you're meeting alone with God, like you can't stop there. Look, you've got to be willing to change. You've got to be willing to refit your life to fit the Bible and not refit the Bible to fit your life. So I want you to look at this next set of verses um, and what they say about people who are deep and people who are shallow. It's in Hebrews chapter 5, verse, beginning of verse 12. It says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word. Okay, that's a reference to the Bible. We're talking about reading and studying the Bible here, okay? See, because that's what you got to read in order to grow stronger. The elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who, and I want you to underline these three words, by constant use, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Look, here's the thing. The way to become spiritually mature, the way to go deeper, is to take, this, take what you learn in the Bible and put it to use, okay? You gotta put it to practice. And look, if God says do it, okay? There's no discussion, there's no negotiation, there's no bargaining, there's no, you know, pretending it doesn't apply to me. No, 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 Like, you have to do what God tells you to do because what makes you deep is how much of it you use, how much you put into practice. And see, people who confuse gaining more knowledge with going deeper, they have a very shallow and elementary understanding of the Bible and Christianity. Look, and by the way, let me just, let me just pause and say this. Uh, just because a person knows a lot about the Bible doesn't make them deep, okay? Get this. The scriptures do not say that you are deep because of how much of the Bible you know. You are deep by how much of the Bible you use. Let me repeat that. The scriptures do not say that you are deep because of how much of the Bible you know. You are deep by how much of the Bible you use. You see, look, you can fill up notebooks with hundreds of pages of notes that you've taken in church or in seminars or in Bible studies or whatever. You can underline thousands of verses in your Bible. Like, you can know the background of tons of Greek and Hebrew words, you know, the original languages of the Bible. You can memorize hundreds of verses. You can do all of that, but none of that makes you deep. What makes you deep is how much of what you've studied you put to use. That's what makes you deep. And people that don't get that, they, they confuse knowledge with putting things to use. Those are people that have a very elementary understanding of the Bible and of Christianity. Because here's the thing, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they had, they had more knowledge of any, than anyone. But Jesus openly condemns them. 
not for their knowledge, but for how little of it they actually put to use in meaningful ways. That's what Jesus' issues was. So look, in order to go deeper, you've got to refit your life to fit the Bible, not the other way around. All right, so well, then how? How do I read the Bible so that I meet with God and so that I refit my life to fit the Bible? Well, you know what? I'm so glad you asked. Because there's like, look, there's, there's tons of methods for reading the Bible. I mean, there really are. Um, and there's a ton of really good methods that are listed on the popular YouVersion Bible app. If you have that, there's tons that are listed in the Parkway Fellowship Church app, both of which you can download on your phone or on your tablet, and they're both, all of it's really, 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 really good. So honestly, I'm not going to cover those today because you can actually research those things on your own. But what I want to do is I want to take a few moments and I want to teach you what I personally do in my life. Now, part of what I do, I got from a book called Blurry. Uh, this is a book that was written by Ryan Loxmo. He's our head small groups pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. Um, and it's a great book. And what it does is it gives clarity and how to read and understand the Bible. It gives lots of great tips. And a couple of these tips I have now put into practice in my own personal life and have made my own Bible reading richer. So if you've never read this book, you've never gotten this book, you can order it on Amazon, and I highly recommend you do it. In fact, I don't care if you order it like right now while, we're, while I'm talking, like that's perfectly cool. Um, that's fine. Just make sure you come back and pay attention to what I'm talking about. Um, all right, that's my shameless plug for Blurry, and it's, man, it's, a, it's a fabulous book. So now, I, now next week, next week I'm going to talk to you about like what I do during the prayer portion of my personal time alone with God. But today, I'm going to focus on just what I do during the Bible reading portion. Now, Many of you know that I, every week or every day I read uh, one chapter of the book of Proverbs, and I do. But I also read two additional chapters from whatever book of the Bible I'm working through at the time, okay? And when I do that, for each chapter, I always ask, I always do three things, okay? And you just have to write these down because they're not your notes, so this is just like bonus information, okay? Here's three things that I do. Uh, first thing is I write a one-sentence summary of the chapter, one sentence. And I really try to keep it to one sentence because it helps me make sure I've got a firm grasp on like what the chapter is. And really, over time, it helps me kind of keep things sorted together of like what is going on in the Bible. Um, and it really helps me have a, have a, a big picture view. Second thing I do is I identify what I think is the key verse in that chapter. Now, the key verse might be something for somebody else, but for whatever I think the key verse is, I now write that verse down. The third thing I do, and this is the most important, this is the most important, I write down the key lesson for me in that chapter. Whatever I think the key lesson is, whatever God is saying to me, whatever, whatever I feel like, you know, because remember, I'm not just meeting with the Bible, I'm meeting with God. Whatever I feel like he's wanting me to do, change, know, apply, that's what I write. And I don't limit that to one sentence. I just let that be as much as it is, okay? Now, I thought today it would be a good idea, instead of me just kind of just telling you about that, I thought it might be a good idea if I shared with you what, uh, like an actual entry from my own journal. Um, this, is, this, is, this is my journal. Um, I keep it with my Bible, about the same size as my Bible. And this is the Bible that I study from 
every day. This is the other one's the one I preach from, but this is the one that I say from. This is, honestly, it's just too big to bring up here, truthfully. It's, but it's got notes in it that help me like understand and get what, it's about, what uh, the verses are saying. So uh, just this last week, I was reading out of Acts chapter 6, as I'm reading through the book of Acts right now. And so I thought I'd share with you what I learned in Acts chapter 6. Um, so to make it easier for you to read, I thought I would actually put a pic- the picture of my journal up on the screen. So let's just go ahead and put that up there. Yeah. So to make it easier for you to read, like I, that's, that's what it is. That's not easy? Like, you don't, you don't, oh, you don't read foreign languages. Okay, good. Fine. Um, all right. Well, here it is in English. Okay, here it is in English. Okay. Here is, this is the one sentence summary of what I wrote in my journal. Okay. One sentence summary of Acts chapter six. Uh, I'll just read from my journal. Y'all just follow on the screen. The apostles chose seven men to help distribute food to the widows so they could devote themselves to prayer and preaching. And then Stephen, one of the seven, is, is accused falsely. I know it should be falsely accused, but hey, it was my personal question. I don't really care. Um, accused falsely of teaching that Jesus will, all, will change the laws of Moses and tear down the temple. Now, for me, I thought the key verse was verse number two. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Now for me, the key lesson was, I need to give away as much responsibility as I can that does not include prayer and preaching. And I've actually, I've actually already started giving away and delegating responsibilities to other people so that I can focus on doing the things that God specifically has called me to do. You see how that works? Now, on, on that particular day, and this doesn't happen very often, I mean, really rare, I, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was, had a second key verse for me. So for me, that day, the second key verse was also verse nine, and it says this. It says, opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it's called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the province of Cilicia and Asia, these men began to argue with Stephen. Now, here's why I thought that that verse was so important. It's in the key lesson. My key lesson was, there will always be people who oppose me. That's just part of serving God with all my heart. I must stand firm, answer gently, and build bridges as often as I can. If I never meet the devil head on, it might be because we're going the same way. That's just what I wrote in my journal that day. So, so, so you see how that works? You see how that goes? Now look, here's the thing. I, I, I've been doing this system for, you know, the last, you know, eight to ten months or so. You know, in, in a couple of years, I might change what I'm doing to do something else. Just kind of depends on wherever the Holy Spirit leads me. But here, the goal never changes. My goal is to meet alone with God, not just my Bible, and also to help, for God to show me how I need to refit my life to fit the Bible and not the other way around. The goal never changes. Uh, the method, you know, from time to time, might. Now, I, I'd actually planned to wrap up today by talking about how to memorize Scripture, but the truth is, like, we really don't have time. So let me just say two little things about memorizing verses of the Bible. First thing I'd say to you is this. Memorize verses of the Bible that are meaningful to you. I mean, those are the verses that are changing your life. So memorize those. And the second thing I'd say is this. Develop some sort of system of review that works for you. Because here's what you'll find. 
the more you review those verses, the more God will use those verses to turn over the soil of your heart. And, and he will sow those verses deep in your soul. But that only comes if you have a system of review. So when you memorize the verses, do those two things. Now, let me just say this. Please understand. Nothing, nothing that we've talked about today will really change your life unless you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to change your life. That is the first step for any of this. You have to have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. So if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life to forgive you and then pledge your life to following him, you have to start there. Everybody does. That's where I had to start. So if you've never done that, you've never begun that relationship with God, there's a sample prayer. It's at the bottom of your notes. Take a few moments. Pray that prayer. I want you to do it right now. But if you've already prayed that prayer at some point in time in your life, that means that you already are a Christ follower. You already have a relationship with God. And once you become a Christ follower, I'm telling you, like that, it changes everything. So this now becomes this two-way relationship. And so when you read the Bible, oh my goodness, it just, it makes so much more sense because your eyes are opened up because now you see God in it and God reveals himself to you. Now look, here's the thing, when you're first starting out, sometimes it's not all that easy and it feels a little awkward and maybe you don't get as much out of it. And sometimes it's going to be, you know, you're going to miss a little bit. And that's okay. That's part of the process of becoming a self-feeder. But you don't give up. You keep going because you get better at it. And eventually, you'll realize that that's how you go deep. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for your goodness to us. And I pray that those that have, you know, jettisoned reading the Bible at some point in their past, God, that today they would choose to pick it back up and say, okay, God, show me how to become a self-feeder. And they would put some of these things to practice and put them in place in their life. And that you would meet them there in those moments in those quiet places as they read their Bible. Not just to read it and just to meet with their Bible, but to meet alone with you. And Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would help all of us be willing and open to saying, okay, God, I want to refit my life to fit you. Because it's not about how much I know, it's about how much I use. And so I ask you would help all of us grow deeper by reading our Bibles, and by drawing close to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.